So, listening effectively involves, first of all, that we pay full attention. Second, it involves showing an interest in their lives. There will always be distractions and demands that make it hard for us to listen. Listening takes generosity and means concentrating on what appeals to them, whether that's a TV programme that they love but we find boring, an art project they're doing at school or a particular sport they enjoy. For me, with our three boys, all of whom were mad keen rugby players, mealtimes often involved them recounting stories from the latest game in great detail. All too easily, I tuned out. I'm not that into rugby. Eventually, I realised I needed to make an effort to learn the lingo, understand the rules and go to watch the matches so I could listen with understanding to their animated conversation. I don't think I ever fully grasped the rules, but I could make some informed comments. Looking back, however, I don't think Scylla or I did quite the same with Kirsty's interests at mealtimes. As a girl, she was heavily outnumbered, and we should have given her more space to talk about what she particularly enjoyed. Matthew's majorly into Formula One at the moment. That's, that's his big passion. Um, and he talks about very little else, and I'm just not, not into it at all. Um, I, I don't really understand it. I don't know much about it. And I have to make a real effort to listen when he's talking about Formula One. Um, and, uh, it, but it's, it's so important to him. I, I know I have to listen and, and make an intelligent reply um, because actually he would be really hurt if he knew I wasn't listening to him at all. Um, so I have to try very, very hard to, to appear interested. And I'm sure I will learn about it if, if the interest continues then I will become more knowledgeable about Formula One. A third way to become better listeners is to avoid shutting them down. Where children are not listened to and may be criticised and put down, they feel they can never please their parents and will tend to stop communicating their thoughts and feelings. We need to let them express what may be very different opinions to our own. It's through listening to them that we show we value their ideas. And I, I think that so often it's easy for me to not, not hear where she's coming from and to recognize that it's been startling to realize that she has as clear a point of view as I do, you know, that adults are not the only ones who know truth. And um, that's been really eye-opening. Um, I, I don't always open my eyes, but it's really interesting to think about um, that when she says that she wants or needs something, that on some level she does. And it's real important to try to hear. Fourth. Reflect back. Reflecting back means saying back to a child, in our own words, what we think they're trying to express. For example, they might say, I don't want to play with Max ever again. And we can all too easily jump in with, of course you do, you know you like him, and anyway, he's in your class. Reflecting back can be much more helpful and might sound something like this. So, you don't want to play with Max, why's that? We may then discover that Max left him out of a game in the playground. So we say, so, Max left you out, that must have been hard. And then that gives him a chance to tell us what it felt like when he was left out in the playground. Sometimes our children are trying to tell us something but can't quite express their feelings. And it's so easy to jump in with advice or to correct them without having understood what they're telling us. Reflecting back not only helps us know if we've understood them, but it also helps them identify and understand what they're trying to say. It helps them give their feelings a name. This way of listening particularly helps them express negative feelings, such as when they're sad or worried, frustrated or upset. This is 
empathetic listening, which is invaluable in every relationship with both adults and children. Empathising through listening will be really important where there's a bigger problem, such as a difficult teacher or a child being bullied. Owen spent... Uh, it was a very painful year, wasn't it? Um, his classmates teasing him. He's very slim and... Oh, well, anything they will pick on them for. And it got... There were two children in his class that could be quite vicious uh, with their tongue. Mm. And, and Owen is a very sensitive character and he tends to take everything to heart and it did come to a bit of a head. I went into the school many times, met with a teacher many times. There were lots of action plans many times. But it, it got to a head with um, a half-term holiday, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, he's sobbed nearly the whole half-term and... And then didn't want to go back to school and that's why he was sobbing. But it took a while to get Owen to talk about it. Mm. And what the consequence of that whole... This was a, a, a good eight months. We're a few months past this now, but if something happens at school, I have to really draw it out of him. Mm. And I found a good way to do that, actually. Kids don't like face-to-face. Um, I get him to help me doing something in the kitchen, don't I? He goes, Owen, come and help me make this. And then when we stand side to side, I'm like, so, what happened today then? When you came out, you weren't looking happy. Have such and such child or such and such child. Have they mm. been talking anymore? Have, you know? So the teasing was, was from a girl and a boy mm. who were kind of bigger and sort of more, more structured than him. But um, that we could work out, it was it was based on nothing. It was kind of just like playground stuff. But it got out of hand, didn't it? But it really went to his heart. Yeah. It really went to his heart. And if it's a quiet child, it is hard to get them to talk, mm. particularly if they feel that there's going to be repercussions if they talk. So it's very important to... For, we, we found to get him through that was standing next to him every minute of going through it. And yeah. now he does... Mum, this has happened today. Hmm. And he's, he's grown into that, that he can trust us because he said it and we acted. Hmm. And that was quite important to act, wasn't it? It was, right, and together. Yeah, definitely. Empathising and drawing a child out through listening is very powerful. But often we have to change our habits. One father said that the thing he realised was that when his children were upset, he tended to give them a cheerleader kind of speech that was his stock reaction. He said, I probably never recognised 80% of the underlying reasons for their emotions when I did that. Just listening to my son after one instance when he was very upset helped me understand his heart far better than I ever had. I was able to help him because I took the time to listen. I resonate a lot with that. Looking back now, I, I recognise I was far too quick to prejudge the reason our children were upset. I would try to fix the issue with what I thought was my good advice and short-circuit what I knew would be the more lengthy process of trying to get inside their mind and heart and really listen to them. As we listen to our children, we teach them to listen, a vital skill for building relationships. Another way children learn to relate is through practising, practising relationships with... Well, for today we have a worksheet. You'll find it in the study guide attached to this content. We encourage you to work through it on your own, but also to share it with your partner in parenting or anybody else you're working through the course with. We'll see you tomorrow.